taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hello, PPC friends. This is David Zatella with another episode of PPC Rockstars. And I'm privileged to have with me the former vice president of everything search at Portent Interactive and current director of PPC at Commerce Hub. And that is not only the one and only Elizabeth Marston. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Hey, you have written um, prolifically uh, recently, and I would like to discuss a couple of your articles. Let's start with a new feature that's still a little mysterious, which is Facebook dynamic product ads. What are they, and what are they not? So what's funny is the, the name Facebook Dynamic Product Ads is a little bit of a misnomer. So really it starts with retargeting. So it doesn't matter necessarily how they get there. But once they're on Facebook, those are retargeting units that you're seeing. And those are powered by product feeds. So a company like myself, which Commerce Hub does, is they do we do handle product feeds for our clients. So it comes in, they're able to track and see what it is that you're looking at on various uh, you know retail sites see which exact, exactly which products it is that you are looking for or at, and then once you're on Facebook, remarket to you with those exact same products. So either that's either a single product or a carousel. So this is uh, nearly identical to Google's dynamic, dynamic remarketing, right? Correct. So it's, okay. pretty, it's pretty close. It's only just that it's on Facebook. Highly engaged user. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think about the rumors that Facebook will expand to the service of ads to properties outside of Facebook? They're going to do it. They, they'll, they'll expand to wherever they possibly can. We're noticing that with the expansion of the dynamic product ads that they have been on their own, getting more and more technically complex, getting more features, more functionality. It's, it's, it's slow going at first, but as they build that team and as they build that technology, it just makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I, I hope they do it. So how does an advertiser get started with Facebook dynamic product ads? So for right now, I believe you can now go to their, their site and get logged in. It is only run through Power Editor, so mm-hmm. you do need to have that. But again, it comes down to that product feed. So if you don't have a product feed in which to submit or to hook them up to, and it is pretty much API access only, then you're going to be you're going to have a hard time in, in getting started yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you already have a product feed provider, you should be pretty well good to go. You might need to get whitelisted soon, I th- or still. I think that's over with at this point, but there may be some technical hurdles to get over first. And I'd look at Facebook ad, um, the Facebook Business Center, Business Manager. They have a pretty mm-hmm. robust help center. That's good. So how how similar is the feed requirement to Google's Merchant Center feed? Pretty much identical. So, if, if, yeah, if you've got one, you can flip it over. It's pretty easy. So this sounds really hot. I mean, all of our clients that are retail, e-retailers, are using uh, Google's dynamic remarketing, and sounds like they should jump on board with this as well. Yeah, I mean, their path of least resistance is 
totally one of the plays that they're making. It's the same thing with like being product ads, right? So we make it super easy. You're more likely to do it. Well, we will. Hey, let's move on to another one of your articles. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I love this one. Four common PPC mistakes that are sending crappy leads to your landing page. Yes. On Unbounce. Yes. Yes, That was a guest post I did for Unbounce. And uh, that took forever to write because I was so so slow in getting back to them. Um, Amanda, the content manager over there, is amazing and this is this turned out to be one of my better pieces because of her. I agree. So let's say mistake number one is not ditching poor performing keywords. What are poor performing keywords in your in your opinion? Typically, just I mean, it's you know the the PPC answer to everything. Well, it depends. Um, <laughs> it depends on you know what your goal is. So for poor performing keywords, we're talking about things that you know don't convert. We're talking about things that rack up a lot of clicks or a lot of cost, and then don't don't do anything like don't get a lead or don't get a goal. Maybe they have poor traffic, so you know low time on site, high bounce rate, that kind of thing. Gotcha. And you say, and I completely agree with this that. Uh, uh, more than just performance or in, in parallel with performance, uh, you can identify a poor keyword when the, it leads to a landing page that doesn't, uh, doesn't afford the visitor a good experience. Yeah. So, and that was part of the, the article was making sure a big part of what we were talking about, you know, obviously with unbalances, landing page uh, testing or quality and how much it means. And having sure, making sure that you get that that message match, as they call right. it. So, what are some of the guidelines to evaluate keywords and decide whether they're poorly performing or not? I usually start with like a keyword report, something really simple. You can, you know, my my rule of thumb has always been just follow the money. If mm-hmm. you look for where all the money is, if you're spending a lot of money and there's nothing coming out, then that's a bleeder. That's got to go. Uh, Taking a look around other metrics like CTR or CPA, where 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 are people converting and where are they not converting, and that can be a huge indicator of what it is that you're you're trying to suss out. So it could be also like low CTR. I always look for keywords with a CTR of less than one percent. Okay, what are they doing? Why are they there? Are they useful? Are they not useful? Can I get rid of them? Well, I'm going to push back on you a little bit. Sure. So if a keyword has a bad CTR. It, it's not necessarily entirely the keyword's fault. In other words, nope. if the keyword is paired with, a, uh, with an ad that um, isn't relevant or just isn't well-written, then it's not the poor little keyword's fault. It's the bad ad, right? Absolutely. Why not? And then, you know, it could also be it's not even that it's keyword. Maybe it's the match type. Mm-hmm. Maybe it needs to be a different match type. Good point. But still, I agree with you. Anything under 1% at the keyword level or ad level is, is uh, room for improvement. As I say, requires further investigation. Exactly, exactly. We've got a little time before the break. Let's talk about not being strategic about spending your daily budget, mistake number two. More often than not, I see, you know, I, I do see, actually, nowadays, I see people being much more strategic about their daily budgets than they, they have been before. Ad scheduling, though, is something that I do see some people use religiously, and then some folks just forget it even exists, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to 
uh, if you do have a budget issue or and that could be either in the positive or the negative. So maybe you don't spend it all and you need to spend it all. So using an ad scheduling uh, schedule to boost during certain times of the day may be better versus, you know, needing to decrease on, say, Saturday nights or, or Sunday mornings. Right. And as usual, we urge uh, decisions based on data. And uh, I would only make ad scheduling decisions with some data that say that, uh, that justify it, basically. And you, you uh, mentioned that in your article as well. Yeah, I mean, it has to do with, you know, when are people looking for that, that thing, especially if it's like a service. There are certain times or events that, that trigger that search. So how is it that you can be there while they're searching? Um, one of the jokes that we had, we did a, we didn't take this, this folks, these folks on as clients, but you know, when is the best time to be uh, posting for, you know, DUI attorneys and DUI, <laughs> second DUI attorneys? It's, it, it's not Wednesdays. It's, you know, it's Friday mornings, it's Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, Monday mornings, that kind of thing. Yeah. In the early AM. And you've or got it's a no- very late night for right. that significant other that needs to figure out what, what their next steps are. Right. And then you have another anecdote in your article about the wedding invitation client and, uh, they would drive a, a lot of traffic was driven to the site during uh, around lunch hours, but the purchases weren't made, and that's because the person doing the searching uh, didn't feel comfortable doing that purchase during the lunch hour at work. They'd go home at night and complete the conversion. So always look yeah. at data and preferably deep data. And that's literally how I found it. I was looking at it going. Why don't people buy? And so I actually went through the process of buying wedding invitations myself, like from start to finish. I'm going, this takes forever. No wonder they're not finishing at lunchtime. Right. This right. is an at-home activity. And my guess is they also need to show a significant other before they hit okay. Hey, Elizabeth, hold on for a second. And listeners, stay with us. We've got some important messages from our sponsors. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. 
The Hoff also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoff offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoff.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Elizabeth Marston, the uh, person responsible for everything PPC at Commerce Hub, talking about a few of her articles and uh, one in particular at the moment, which is, let me get the title right, it's really good. Four common PPC mistakes that are sending crappy leads to your landing page. That's a technical term. What are some of the other ways that uh, one might extend the daily budget? Uh, a couple of different things. I've found that, you know, turning it off is a good idea in some cases. So just turning it on or turning it off during certain times of the day could also be that you're trying to buy too much. You know, when you try and spread a, a budget too thin, do you really need all of those keywords or all of those products? Negative keywords, adding those, making sure that there isn't a that there aren't a bunch of terms that you're paying for that you shouldn't be paying for. And then, of course, dumping any keywords that are expensive. Right, and especially ones that are converting at a high CPA or basically not converting at all. Exactly. So let's go back to a point we just touched on a few minutes ago, which is mistake number three, your ad just doesn't match your landing page. Yeah. This one was funny. Actually, um, Amanda and I talked about it quite a bit as far as um, getting that message match because I met my husband on Match.com and his profile, he was clean shaven, young man. Um, He looked like he was about 25 years old and I think we met when we were about 27 Uh and I showed up and there was a bearded guy and I felt (laughs) like that was a message mismatch. That was false advertising. So it is, you know, and that, that goes to say with with the same with PPC and landing pages. When they click on an ad, they are expecting a certain experience, a certain uh, offer or product or whatever, and then you get there and it's not, then it's, it's so jarring, and it, right. and it does cause people to bounce. certainly does. I, I love, love your examples here about uh, Amazon, eBay, and Target with their uh, dynamic, keyword, uh, dynamic keyword insertion mistakes like sell, ch- sell children on eBay or car exploding. We found some other ones, too, that uh, weren't as, uh, as um, friendly for, <laughs> radio for friendly. the Internet. Yeah, radio friendly. There's some, there some language. I'm going, that doesn't, you didn't, doesn't seem like you should be able to do that, but here we are. And your solution is to delight your prospects with the perfect mess- message match, the perfect match between the search query, the promise of the ad, and the fulfillment of that promise on the landing page. Absolutely. Good way to to put it. By the way, I met my wife on Match.com. Nice. Yep. And her her photos were exactly like her in real life. Oh, so she did not try and bait and switch you. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Good good landing page experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's kind of trivializing my marriage, but let's move on. (laughs) Delight your prospects with perfect message match. And let's move into um, number four. Your ads send the wrong message. 
So um, you start out by saying you love to create personas. Touch on the personas and the value of them for a second because I, I don't trust that all listeners understand the value of creating personas. Absolutely. So one of the things that I notice that people tend to kind of misconstrue when it comes to creating personas is they, they th- seem to think they need a focus group and that they need piles and piles of data and questionnaires. And You can actually really do simple personas to help you guide your PPC. It doesn't have to be a giant project. I would say, though, if that's what you're going to do, keep it simple, right? So, I mean, you know, name your persona. Do a little bit of research. I mean, as a man, as a woman... Get, a, get an age range. It doesn't have to be an exact range. What are they, how will you reach them online? Where, where are they? Where do they like to look? What are the kinds of uh, sites that they want to be on? Or what are the kinds of searches that they're going to make? And then what kind of um, household income might you expect? Mm-hmm. So you can totally do a simple one just with information from things like Google AdWords, analytics, trends, forums, and reviews. People post you know, what they liked or didn't like. Uh, at, at, uh, um, their language a lot of times can give away where they're at in terms of uh, education level. They also, you can use the U.S. Census. There's a ton of information on the U.S. Census that folks miss. And just build those tiny personas and use those to kind of power how you're going to write your ads. I think it's a crucial step. And equally crucial is keeping in mind when you're creating ad groups, keyword lists, keeping in mind uh, how those keywords pertain to different uh, places on the buying cycle. Uh, Let's talk about that for a second. Absolutely. So keywords in the wrong stage of the buying cycle are kind of the kiss of death. You're you're looking for the right words at the right time for the kind of thing you're you're selling. So one time I had a client that sold ready-to-eat dinners, and these are, it's a very specific persona, actually, that these uh, apply to. These were women, dual income homes, they had careers, they had kids. They wanted to, they needed fast food, but they didn't want fast food. So mm-hmm. where they are in the cycle is not at the very top, right? They're not searching for where to eat right now. They're searching for what they can buy and what they can do to plan out the next the next five days. They're looking to, to build their schedule. So finding them at the top of the funnel in terms of we are a solution for that and here's how we're going to solve your problem worked out much better for our client instead of going after things like Pizza Hut or Taco Bell or uh, restaurants. So you can get plenty of traffic but not necessarily efficient traffic unless you um, match your keywords to the search intent or the position in the buying cycle yeah and then you tie that back up to the to to ad scheduling as well or day parting like when are these women looking for it they're not necessarily looking at 10 a.m maybe they're looking at lunchtime maybe they're looking at night probably later at night when they're after the kids are gone to bed and they're trying to plan for the next week sundays are probably more popular than say wednesdays kind of goes from there really i didn't know that it makes it i mean it makes sense right so if you're going to plan out for your week and you're going to place your order, you know, if this is a recurring thing, you're going to do it right now and you're going to do, you're going to do it Sunday nights for the rest of the week. Whereas like Saturday morning, you're probably, you're deflating from work in the work week. And Mm -hmm. so you're, you're not, you're not quite thinking about next week yet. Right. Hey, we've got a few minutes before the next break. um, And I wanted to touch on at least quickly a fantastic resource this was published, I think, on the SEER 
uh, blog. Uh, 123 placements to block on the Google Display Network. So how did you come up with this? So this is actually from Sierra Interactive, and a gentleman named Ian Jacobson wrote this. Okay. And I found this just through Twitter, and I uh, retweeted it, and it is a fantastic resource for folks to check out. If you are new to, especially if you're new to the Google Display Network or you haven't really advertised on it much before, there is a lot of money that can be wasted starting in the Display Network if you don't know where to go. Right. Uh, I mean, it is kind of amazing. You'd think that you would just use the site category options and you'd be good to go, but it is it is absolutely not. And mm-hmm. starting out of the gate with some things like, like I think there's a there's a small list in there, like GameBaby.com. There's a certainly watch out for mobile as well whether or not you're just getting lumped into a mobile ad network and it's just completely showing your ads constantly versus whereas there's some better performing ones like about.com or the New York Times.com. Right. And um, fantastic resource because you split it up um, into sections pertaining to uh, even different industries. But there are three things that you've lumped under before you get started. And one of them is... Uh, adjust the demographic targets. Um, in other words, if you're selling, you know, your, your example, if you're selling hearing aids, you're probably not will, uh, willing to target 18 to 24-year-olds, so you should exclude them. Uh, this targeting has gotten a lot better in recent years than it used to be. I remember uh, back when this feature was first rolled out, the percentage of people whose demographics were unknown was in the 60%, 55, 60% range. Yeah. And then you didn't even really trust that the ones that they said they knew, they right. knew. You're like, ah, I think those are a bunch of fake profiles. Mm-hmm. And the second uh, group of um, kind of Uber or meta um, exclusions one should make are the site category options. Uh, you can choose to exclude sites that are about crime policy and emergency, death and tragedy, juvenile, gross and bizarre behavior, sexually suggestive sites, etc. And this capability is kind of semi-hidden down below the the placement list. So, good thing to check under there. Yeah, it's one of those things where I always miss this, the site category options, even though it's, it's highly valuable. And you mentioned excluding mobile apps. This is this can eat up budget more more than a lot of things. Um, you should, as a matter of course, exclude AdSense for MobileApps.com. Yes. And I, I didn't know about AppSpot.com. I didn't realize that that's, that was another one that uh, would prohibit delivery of mobile apps or ads in mobile apps. Yes. Those are both... Yeah, really, really important blocks to look out for or sites to block right out of the gate. Hey, let's come back to this in a second. We're going to have a a couple of really important announcements from sponsors. So, listeners, stay with us. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Elizabeth Marston from Commerce Hub. Hey, next I want to mention an article that uh, you did not write, but you had the good sense to retweet. And uh, I really like the article. Thank you for retweeting it. And it is entitled 123 Placements to Block on the Google Display Network. So uh, what was it that uh, caught your eye on this, and, and how, why do you think it'll, uh, it's of value to listeners? Well, first of all, they did a good job on the link bait title there. And 123 is like, I have to see this. There's 123. Right. Let's see this whole list. And obviously, 123, it's very, it's very appeasing to the eye and whatnot. And, of course, it's Seer. And so Seer has a good reputation for putting out pretty quality content. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I went in and started taking a look at the article, it's pretty straightforward as far as what you want to what you want to block in terms of you know setting your demographic data site categories but it's just if anything else it's the big list and being able to download that full list and you can go ahead and just copy and paste that into your own campaign accounts or campaigns especially if you're new to display network and you want to get started absolutely one thing i want to call out is that um, if you if you're getting a lot of clicks from ads in mobile apps and and they're almost never relevant clicks. Simply uh, block AdSense for Mobile Apps dot com that domain, and also AppsSpot dot com, and no more mobile apps. Brilliant. Absolutely, yeah. I I can't tell you how upset I was the first time I ever found that in one of my accounts. I was like, what what is what is this? What what yeah. are we doing? Why is this showing up everywhere? Stop it. Something like Angry Birds or. Yes. Flying babies. Hey, let's move on to the last article that caught my eye, one that you definitely wrote. And that, <laughs> is, called, that is called Discovering Shopping, Buying Natively. Uh, this is about what's known as native advertising. 
Um, before we go into detail about the platforms, uh, what is native advertising? So native advertising is not a new concept. It's something that's been around for a long time, actually. We just don't necessarily necessarily notice it, which is kind of the point of it, being native. Mm-hmm. It's made to blend in. So made with to blend in with a stream of related content. It's almost kind of nested in there. Uh, Gemini or Yahoo Gemini has really brought attention to the name of the type of advertising in the last year with the launch of their platform. Uh, so, you know, you can, it's kind of like Display Network, but with that blend, so you don't necessarily even know that you've clicked on an ad. Done well, it's uh, similar to context contextually targeted advertising yes. in that it blends in and since it is adjacent to um, content that blends it in, uh, it's supposed to be more likely that people will click on it. Yeah, and one of my favorite um, sites that's doing this, or not sites, but platforms or content promotion platforms like Taboola or Outbrain, so they'll put like stories next to one that you've already read, and I found myself clicking through through sponsored content. Really? Oh yeah, I look at it and go, well, that's a thing. That that's a thing that I'm interested. <laughs> I would I would like to know more celebrity secrets, so I'll just click through and find out more. Celebrities aging badly, basically. Yes, definitely. Um, couples you never you never would have expected. Very important. Yeah. So let's talk about these platforms. The first one I, I I've never heard of. I'm afraid, and maybe that's because I don't frequent fashion and beauty sites. But uh, Polyvore, what is Polyvore? Yeah. Polyvore is a sleeper in terms of when I before I came to Commerce Hub, I hadn't heard much about it either. But it is a fashion, beauty, and home discovery site. So they do outright list pricing and links. So it's meant for you to be able to to buy things from. It's, it's in a sense, it's a marketplace, but you get to build the sets of products. So whether or not you have any intention of buying those things, it's kind of like window shopping, but on your, your phone or your tablet or your, or your desktop, but folks will buy from it when they find things that they like. So, you know, if I see a bedroom set or, you know, a decorating decorator goes through and puts together this whole thing and I like everything and I have no decorating sense whatsoever, maybe I'll just buy that whole set and I'm done. Which um, helps underscore what you say is one of the characteristics of Polyvore, which is there's a higher average order value than all other social media sites. Exactly. That's amazing. Um, And why do you think that is? Because of the fact that they're they're depicting a set? It's it's that, and I think it's also, and that is actually their statistic on their site, that they have have a higher average order value. And I think part of it is, yes, it's it's a set, so it's a group of products. There are more things, whereas, say, you do Facebook dynamic product ads, it's a singular ad or a singular image or a carousel of images of singular products. These are things that go together. The other reason you're on Polyvore is to buy, you know, entire outfits or entire uh, sets of furniture or what or what have you. So you're you're just more likely. And the whole point that you're there is to be, you know, Facebook. You go to be social. Polyvore, you're going to build. You're you're going to build a build yourself your own sets of products, your own boards, kind of like Pinterest. You're going to build an experience, but you're also kind of an already in a shopping mode. Right. And that is spelled P-O-L-Y-V-O-R-E, and you can go to that domain and scroll to the bottom of the page, and there, under the heading business, there's an advertised link. Yep. Unlike 
Pinterest. So um, what is Pinterest good for and what's the bad news at the end? So <laughs> Pinterest is good for a lot of things. I'm pleasantly surprised with how they continue to expand and how it looks to be the sponsored pins in particular is what we're, we're talking about are promoted pins. So mm-hmm. they were re- released last year to a select group of advertisers. They're looking to expand that to more small and medium businesses. They're mixed in, so they're very native with you know everybody else's boards and pins, and you can promote them. You can even end up promoting your a promoted pin and not even know it. You wow. could be repinning that, and then of course you know being able to 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 click through and buy from those. And they are CPC based. It is it is waitlisted currently, and it's not necessarily open to all businesses ever. Um, one thing I would suggest is if you do want to do Pinterest and promoted pins, is that you have a Pinterest presence of some kind like you're not just there to to sell i do see if they open up the small and medium business vein before q4 i can see a lot of etsy advertisers on there oh, yeah okay in order to uh, get in on this you've got to uh, apply and get on that wait list you just go to pinterest.com and reach more people with promoted pins look for that hey um Elizabeth, we have come to the end of the show. Ooh. Holy mackerel. <laughs> well, look, um, thank, you for, thank you for writing such great articles. Um, thank you for sharing your, your uh, brilliance with our audience, and I'll see you soon. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Always. And listeners, thanks for h- hanging with us again this Monday or Tuesday or Thursday, whenever you're listening. And come back next week for another episode of PPC Rockstars. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.